Welcome, 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 welcome to the doubled up, 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 the doubled up podcast. Welcome to the doubled up podcast. Let's go. Welcome to the Doubled Up Podcast, the weekly podcast talking all things trainers, sneakers, kicks, craps, whatever you call them, wherever you are in the world. I'm Matt and with me as he is every single week is Scott. Scott, how you doing, mate? I'm good, I'm good. This this feels a bit weird. We're not alone. No, <laughs> no, there's another face on Zoom. It's been a little while since there's been another face on Zoom. I feel like I have to like pronounce my words and maybe not swear as much. I don't know. How do I act around other people, Scott? I don't know. You can swear. It's fine. Oh, okay. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. Thank you very much. Well, for, for our listeners, we're, we're not going to waste any time here. We're going to jump straight into it and introduce our uh, guest today. Um Scott, our guest today was so fed up of resellers uh, that they decided to set up a company to uh, start fighting back. Uh, and as well as fighting the good fight against resellers, uh, they have kind of made a massive impact in creating a global sneaker community for uh, enthusiasts to thrive um, with knockout wins in the Canadian and US market. They're thinking of uh, coming over to the UK to start the fight over here. And uh, you know our guest as CEO of Soul Savvy, Dejan Pralika. We know him as DP. DP, welcome to the podcast, mate. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be here, especially after spending a week in London um, doing my best impersonation of saying trainers and, and creps when I really just want to say sneakers. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wanted to ask you a little bit about your uh, your, yeah. your kind of trainer experience in London, but I'll, I'll get onto that okay, in, in just a second. We always start with the same question with all of our guests, mm-hmm. and that is, DP, we want to find out a little bit more about you. So take us back. What is your absolute earliest sneaker memory? Um, it would definitely be um, one of two things, but I, the first one for me is um, playing basketball. Um, our high school team, we all got Nike issued shoes one year. I want to oh, wow. say I was 14, um, pair of black and red shocks. I still have them to this day. They are not being loved as much as they should be. They're just sitting in my garage in a box. I, I need to be better because that, that, that is <laughs> somewhat to my origin story um but those are like the first pair of sneakers i I got um that i really remember loving because my parents were um broke immigrants so spending money on shoes was like not an option we we shopped in the uh all right you and your brother can uh pick out from the buy one get one free or buy one get one half off section before school and this is your (laughs) this is your sneaker for the for the year good luck um so that that that's always uh, a memory that stood, stood with me and I love those shoes and obviously we all know the the Nike Shocks commercials and I always thought that was so cool that I had a shoe um, kind of from that lineage um, but re- really took it over the edge for me and uh, made sneakers a thing was um, uh, the Raging Bull pack um, the oh, okay pack. yeah back in 2009 if I'm remembering correctly right. um, so what at that point I'm probably 20 I think if I'm doing my math right, correctly. <laughs> or see, this is see, this is unfortunate. This is dad brain. Um, I have Sh- to, showing your age now. Um, I have to check now. I can't remember. Is it 2006 or 2009 that they released the the original pack? It's. Hey, I, I I wish I could just use my. I wish I could just pick that out of my brain, but I, I know as much as you. At this I point, knew. Mate, so 
I knew that answer. It was 2009, so I'm right. I'm just doubting myself. Okay. My 20-month-old son's melted my brain. Um, <laughs> but I I, um, I remember seeing that pack in store, loving it. I, you know, I was old enough. I, ha I was working, but the idea of spending, I believe it was 600, 500, 550 Canadian at the time for wow. two pairs of shoes was a lot of money. Like that is crazy money, right? Because it was a it was a pack, right? And mm, Canadian yeah. conversion, about thirty uh, percent um, more than U.S. dollar or or or, or the pound. Um, and I, I never bought it. And I thought about that shoe for the longest time. And obviously, started uh, my first company with Kick Steals. And then uh, a decade later, um, twenty nineteen, I actually bought them for seven hundred USD resale. <laughs> oh wow! So um, yeah, it was uh, an unfortunate. Um, could have saved myself some money uh, uh, in 2009 if I just bought them for retail. But uh, I finally came around. You know, I was like, you know what? This is like one of the things missing from my collection. And I'm going to buy that original pack. I did. Um, I actually split the pack with a friend. And um, obviously, two or three years later, they retroed um, the pair. So I've got my 2009 on my shelf. I wear it. Um, and my 2021 pair. Um, mm -hmm. is on ice in a box waiting for this pair to get retired one day. So we'll, we'll see what happens when that is. That's amazing. And I think, nice. I suppose, treating yourself in that way, like I said, when you have a, a collection, I think this is what a, a lot of people that aren't into sneakers don't necessarily get. When you have a collection and there's like certain pieces, same as a collection of art or collection of wine or whatever, like you have certain missing pieces that you need to to, to fill in. So, and also mm. when it first, when that pack first came out in what, 2009, you said you're about 20. Like I'm sure as a 20 year old, you might not necessarily have had that amount of money just to throw no, away compared to now you made a little yeah. bit more money it's it's a bit more doable it, i mean look priorities and 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 yet money obviously $500 it's a nice vacation i mean $500 right now can be a nice vacation but now yeah. i'm I'm a, mm. I'm a full degenerate sneakerhead so i don't think about <laughs> it that way it's just about about um my collection and how i curate it and how i grow it and obviously i'm very mm. very picky now at, at the number I, i'm at i'm over I'm just under 600, over 500. Promising wow. my wife I'll get down to five. Um, and yeah. Where are these stored? Are these, are these all in, like, in how are you? Because that's a lot of shoes. Are they? Welcome to Canada. Um, we have large, <laughs> large homes. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say, I'm not fitting that in my house. Yeah. So <laughs> I have a, uh, uh, my off, I work downstairs. There's a little living room, uh, my office in one room, and then the other room is my sneaker room. So there's a room of sneakers, wall to wall, floor to ceiling, um, in shelving in that room. There's probably just under 400 pairs in there. Um, you guys are listening, can't see. I got some pairs behind me, and then I yeah, have yeah. this wall in my office is sneakers, and my entire basement smells like um, fake leather and fine mahogany. Oh. <laughs> when you're when you're trying to like when you're starting a collection so again thinking back to 2009 yeah. where the that, that that kind of original jordan pack dropped mm. at that point were you thinking this is what th this is no. what's going to be the case however many years later and i suppose no. follow-up question to that when you were starting to actually get a little bit hooked and starting to understand that right i want to put a collection together were the number of sneakers that you owned a thing like now looking at nearly 600 pairs was that an aim for you or is it just that they've it's no. happened it just happened right because like <laughs> you know it's it i mean look the root of why i buy any shoes is do i love it 
Why do right. I want to keep this in my collection? So you're not going to find a lot of um, basic things in my collection. Uh, all white Air Force One don't have one. Um, I, I will say this. I don't, to this day, and we'll see how if the big bubble changes in my mind, I don't have the OG AM1 red because I look at my collection, I prioritize it. I love AM90s. Um, okay. So I have a lot more AM90s than I do MX1s. And a white and red MX1, I get the history. But I also have Chicago ones from 1985. Yeah. I have Chicago wow. ones from 2015. I've got the last... So, like, got, over time... Got any Panda Dunks knocking around in there? Or? I'm not a big Dunk guy. Um, I'm not a big... There, There is some Dunks. But, again, it's uniqueness, right? I love the 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 CDG Air Force One because they broke the swoosh. I love the Shishiko right. Japan... Yeah. Um, the denim dunk low because like the materials is is so amazing uh, mm. so like I, it's really about like the uniqueness of a shoe for me so as my collection has grown um, I've obviously been super picky the Lorenz um, Jordan yeah uh, yeah, the Lorenzo's, yeah you guys can yeah. see those those behind me the off-whites that he he died I don't actually like the original colorway very much at all and I saw his work I'm like that's amazing I need that sunset yeah. in, in my collection so i look at sneakers as art um storytelling and something that can um say something about my personality and uh, i would rather wear pink shoes than all white shoes um whereas Agreed. like Agreed. my style above my shoes tends to be fairly neutral and i'd rather speak with my kicks um and yeah it's at 600 pairs you, you have to make some sacrifices and one of the sacrifices i refuse to make is my jordan one collection i have so uh, every OG colorway except for metallic orange and green, I think. Wow. The only two that haven't released. Wow. And sorry, when I say OG colorway, I don't have 1985s. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was about to yeah, say, yeah, if uh, they're all 85s. No, no, Woo, I at least I have one of the retro reissues um, in, in time, mm -hmm. right? So that, that, that makes an impact on what I buy in other... Um, silhouettes and, and other brands and also why i'm really enjoying new balance um and asics mm -hmm. right now their uh colorways and stories are drastically different than jordan and nike that it has a yeah. it, it it finds a spot in my shelf that makes me want to keep it around agreed i mean if with that many shoes is there a pair that stands out to you as like not a favorite i mean it's always difficult to kind of pick your favorite child i love all my kids is there yeah. one that stands out there you just go yeah this is this is so this is special um I, it's probably on the wall behind me so i'm like looking and thinking right now and i'd have to say uh, i'd have to say the air easy one um okay i was massive massive kanye fan um i think for a lot of people in my age group growing up kanye was an inspiration to a lot of people and and mm. set a lot of trends and did a lot of amazing things um not so much anymore, but we won't get into that. Yeah. Um, that I remember, I just remember him wearing um, the, sh the the shoes for the first time, the the energy and the excitement and the chaos behind it and him performing. Like I can't shake that, that memory out of my, like my mm. system. So that's like probably my, my favorite. My most fun story is my Mars yard right here. Um, I traded a pair of Air, uh, sorry, I'm not Air Yeezys. I traded a pair of Yeezy 350s um, for that Mars Yard um, at the time. Yeah, market market value was market value was the How? same. <laughs> market value was the same. They were worth the same amount of money. Fair enough. Wow. I met a collector who wanted that, Yeezy 350s. That it, 
Yeah, I know. Explaining that to like, especially this generation that's coming into oh, it God. now is a mind blowing. Yeah, if prospect. I remember correctly, they were like both in the seven hundred range. Wow! And I had two pairs of the Yeezys. <laughs> oh, in that case, it's a no-brainer, right? If you've got if you've got no, two pairs and the guy yeah, saying two... he wants to do a swap, then yeah, why wouldn't you? I had two pairs, and this was like right when Yeezys were starting to ramp up. Um, and I was like, oh, I definitely don't want. I don't even know if I. I don't know what I did with the second pair um, at this point, but I I traded one of them um, and got the Mars Yard, and it was top yeah. top num- number one sneaker transaction of all time for me, just because. I- that's a grail for a lot of people. That is a grail yeah. for a lot of people. So yeah, massive, massive pick 100%. up there. Yeah. Um, I wanted to, to go back a little bit there. You were saying about the fact that um, your sneaker taste is mm. very much the kind of the, the obscure, maybe the loud, the stuff that is a little bit different. You said that maybe you might dress a little bit plainer, but you'd rather wear some bright shoes that tell a story. When yeah. do you think that, kind of started for you like whether was there a specific pair or was it all the way back with the the original pack that kind of got you into it or are Um, you able to pinpoint a a point in time where it's like actually now i'm caring about the story and obscurity of shoes i I think always been a little bit of who i who i am um i'm a my background's um graph design art design didn't technically get my degree but um I never finished school because I started my first business. Um, oh, that it's, it's always been in, <laughs> in like, it's always been who I am. So again, I really look at footwear from the perspective of like, how beautiful is this? And sometimes that can just be a, a, a colorway, um, which is a, a, a tricky place to be um, because I think in, in the last five years, um, there's just been so much cool stuff done, whether that's innovation or storytelling uh, materials product like even the the pada air max ones that just change in the toe box was just so unique a madness so cool um i unfortunately have five pairs i have all five pairs and i'm and i sit there and i look at my collection when my wife is giving me shit i'm like all right i gotta i gotta cut something from this so i think my white pair might get sacrificed um oh the white pair of all of them I have so many white wow. sneakers. It just okay. That makes look, sense, right? It's. Um, I mean, you literally just said I'd rather wear a colorful shoe over a white right. shoe. So, so that the orange colorway, beautiful, stands out. Um, a subtle way to wear orange and a subtle way to wear blue. Um, the black pair is super clean. I like the black over the white, and I think I have the brown and the purple. Is there six colorways? Is there six yeah. colors? Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. You've got two two leather two suede and then two with like two the shiny kind of vinyl two, material yeah. yeah so the white and black yeah i th- actually think the brown pair is beautiful even though like the brown pair is lovely so the, underrated yeah. the burgundy or the purple pair i got for 40 percent off at the nike company store in portland oh wow so again didn't need it but when you're looking at it and it's 80 bucks you're like oh <laughs> i'm I can't say no. I'm taking this home with me. Um, so that's how I ended up, and and it was a soul savvy plug. It was an easy, it was an easy purchase for um, um, really all of them, um, minus getting up at four in the morning. Um, yeah, I mean that's fun. a little bit of dedication. That's a little bit of dedication. Well, I'll tell you what, you've probably you, you've done my job for me there, DP, and kind of segued us nicely into uh, mm-hmm. talking about soul savvy. I mean, one of the things that we wanted to talk about with you being on here is the fact that you are CEO of Soul Savvy, and mm-hmm. as a, a kind of a, a company that's been in the US and Canada now for a little while, you're 
bringing the the company over to the UK. So for the UK listeners and the listeners of the Doubled Up podcast, let's start with just a little bit of a history of Soul Savvy. Do you mind telling us a little bit about what the the company is and and really what your mission is? For sure, for sure. Um, So just for a little additional context, I started my first business in sneakers um, in 2011 called Kickstealers with with a couple of friends. Um, and it was successful. I, I built a, a really large network, uh, you know, friendships, um, industry folks, retailers, stores, etc. Um, that when 2017 rolled around, I saw the industry going down the toilet. And it was very <laughs> frustrating. And, and what I found out the issue was was bots and resellers. Um, and that opened my eyes up to a, a lot. And, I, and at that point, I realized like, there's nothing out there that exists to help consumers get the product that they want yeah there's twitter accounts and sites that send things etc but it's just not good enough not fast enough when it comes to competing with um resellers that are using bots not automated software um so you know in 2018 uh, you know we co-founded um i co-founded the company with with my co-founder justin um we're both out of vancouver with the simple premise of like how do we help people get the shoes that they want for retail and how do we make sneakers as fun as possible um, but we are not, we were not then a technology business. It was really about community, right? So we started the, the, the company from let's find people who believe in that mission and, and that vision of like, just wear your sneakers. Um, yeah, yeah. I hate resellers, wear your fucking shoes to just summarize that <laughs> with a little language. Um, and, and, um, you know, to us, we found our first thousand members, um, that year, all in Canada, um, the, you know, about. Uh, 12 months later, we launched in, in the US. Um, we've grown the, the community to, to thousands of members across North America, all on the premise of, again, like we love footwear. We love meeting other sneakerheads. We love talking to sneakers. We live, breathe trainers um, and, and shoes. <laughs> and ultimately, again, how do we as a business help people buy that product for retail, right? Some of that is community. Community is a part of of that solution, which is like, us collectors helping other collectors because hey i might live in new york and i'm in the store i'll pick these up for you because you're in la and can't and i don't want them hey here's an assist for you scratch my back you scratch my back etc yeah. etc um so community is part of that solution bringing the sneaker community together around the world um within the us within canada and obviously the uk is part of that but then we built technology um we built technology that helps people purchase product at retail, at point of sale. So you can go from being alerted to a release um, based on your preferences and interests to checking out in seconds, right? You just, it's all about speed. There's no time for someone to sit there and, and text you a link or um, text you a link. Sorry, I, I got distracted by my wife. Um, text <laughs> you a link or or email you something or, or tweet it. There's just no time when you're competing again with bots and, and resellers and automated software. So we build technology to make that process as quick as possible, again, based on your preferences. And that is, is you know, the start of what we're building. Um, there's a lot more to come, but really the, the genesis of it is like, we love shoes. We love interacting with other people who love um, sneakers. And we need to build technology that helps people acquire that stuff. Um, and most importantly, obviously, we as a business do not condone resale. Um, we hate resellers and we yeah. remove people who we feel are who are resellers or abuse the, um, you know, the system and, and the company resources for their own personal gain. So we are very much focused on the collector. I think I think 
that is for for some of the people listening to this is going to be music to their ears because there are lots of other groups that are out there where they use technology like you said for the disadvantage of the consumer right like so often yeah. uh, people can become a member of these quote-unquote cook groups and they will then be used to purchase all these shoes make a quick profit and they're absolutely laughing the fact that you were using this technology or use you're using this technology for almost the, the, the greater good um, mm-hmm. is absolutely amazing and it's something that a lot of people might do in their own little small communities the the group chats and things like this to help each other out but having a company with resource behind it it takes it to a whole new level and for me i can vouch seeing some of the launches that you guys have done i think um we had a chat and and i got involved in the uh uh kind of the the discord group um about a month ago now and uh um it was the just before the ajko low drop and the support that i saw for community members was absolutely amazing i mean there was a zoom set up however however long beforehand to talk people Mm. through the release Um, all day all i saw was message after message after message of copped copped for you copped for this person like managed to get them thank you so much for the support what you're able to do just to help people get shoes for retail was absolutely amazing and that's just me viewing one of those drops there's obviously been a few since and loads of larger drops beforehand um talk to us a little bit about like kind of what create like the different elements of soul savvy because soul savvy is a company like you said there is really there to help the consumer but Mm. what are the different aspects of your product that would help, say, members in the UK when you come over here? Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's, it's that twofold approach of um, community and, and product and technology. So like from a community perspective, it honestly took us two years to get this right um, and build the framework and the foundation for like, what does successful online community look like that people are willing to pay for and be a part of, right? That there's structure, there's resources, full-time st- multiple full-time staff. We have a, 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 almost a team of 10 dedicated to community at the, at the business. Um, it's it's super important to like how we create and create that safe place for people to engage in community and feel like they belong. And then obviously like how do we support that a, as a business, right? And that's that's like one of those things where I can sit here and talk about it. It, it just, you don't understand it or appreciate it until you experience it yourself and, and yep. see it and you're a part of, a release or your first assist or someone answering your question. Um, we really are creating this uh, a safe and engaging and just amazing place to be online as, as a sneaker consumer. And why I'm so excited to do this in the UK is um, I saw how much um, you all as a culture value community and people, I would say politely, um, collectively, more than Americans do themselves. Uh, I think there's a little bit of a selfish edge in in America, whereas um, I think community building is is very important. And I saw that. I saw that um, in person, which was super inspiring. And then to top that off, now we can bridge someone in Vancouver or LA with someone in London. And that guy in London or in Manchester, or I got to figure out, I got to learn Lancaster, Lancaster. I got to learn my other cities in the UK. So I oh, can, all sorts, I so you, Liverpool, Scotts near Bristol. Yeah, there's all but, sorts of different places. Connect, connect all of us around the world. So it's like, hey, actually, I can get this release for you in New York because Americans don't want it, but it might be sold out in the UK. And, and I'll ship it to you, and and you know we'll we'll import it to avoid all the all the funny funny tax business. Um, but even internally within 
um, the UK, it's like, it's it's a well-connected uh, country by train and rail, um, but people live everywhere, right? How do we allow the, the guy in Manchester, the girl in Liverpool, um, the family in London, whatever it might be, to connect with each other easier without having to travel two to three hours, right? And I think that's a, a special thing. So community is very important to that. Um, and as I mentioned, technology. Uh, look, you, can, you just can't compete to buy stuff for retail when you have bots actively trying to check out um, every second, right? We we wanted to equip people with the same res same resources and technology, um, essentially that resellers are using um, to fight back, right? Um, without automating it, you know, uh, you start the transaction and you end the transaction, but we help you in the middle of that process. No, that, that, absolutely amazing. And as I said, a lot of people it will be music to their ears because I think everyone's tired uh, of trying to log on to first come first serve uh, kind of drops and sneakers app and here, there and everywhere. There's, it feels like there's a hundred different ways for you to catch an L these days. Um, and some of the services that you have on the Discord group with all of the monitors, the restocks, uh, you were just saying about kind of just before we hit records about um, the Discord alerting everyone of the fact that last Last night in the US, there was a, a big restock for yeah. a lot of off-white product. And sometimes people don't catch that, right? Like some people don't have the technology to understand. You don't hear it until three hours later on uh, Twitter when everyone's already eaten up all the stock. Uh, it's for good sure. to know that you guys are supporting the consumer that way. Well, and, and, and you tell us what you want. So there's obviously part of the service where like we are driving information and, and, and um, kind of the releases to you, but it's also... Hey, I want that, you know, New Balance um, 2002 protection pack in blue. You tell our app that's what you want, and it'll let you know when it's available in your size and in, in your country. And that's just so much more peaceful than, like, the chaos that is, like, sometimes hunting for shoes and chasing them down, right? So, again, we really want to simplify it. And then things for, like, like the Off-White, the Canary Yellow website um, that was releasing last night and, and just in, in general, I guarantee most people who um, are not either in a resale group or in soul savvy are just missing 95% of what's going on because yep. it happens too quickly. It's not worth communicating. So like, you know, it's the same thing in America. There's a lot of different um, websites or social accounts that share links, but again, it's the core problem. Um, it's never going to be fast enough. And ultimately their, um, their motivation is, is lined with, um, affiliate revenue and and driving to stores that pay them for commission for sales. Obviously, we're a subscription service. You pay us upfront, but our our loyalty is like I want to get you that shoe. I don't care if it's coming from Japan or it's coming from Edmonton, Alberta, in Canada. Um, we want to get that to you for the best price. And sometimes it means shopping around the world for a Travis Scott Jordan One or the Canary Yellow. Sorry, the Off White Jordan Two Low that just released last night. I mean, I'll tell you, I'd rather pay $150 in tariffs than give my money to StockX or go yeah. to a reseller. Yeah. I, I'd yeah. rather my retail price be 400 and still be saving $200 knowing my money, at least my money went to the government, I guess. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I suppose depending on who you ask, I don't know if that's reason, a good thing or a bad yeah. thing. Yeah, I mean, shit, I'd rather give my money, I'd rather give an extra $200 to you guys than to some like nameless corporation that's just like driving <laughs> the culture down into into a grave. So yeah, for me, I think that's it's that's I think one thing that's gonna help a lot for people um in the UK and what we're gonna support in is like, yes, you guys because of Brexit are kind of tied off from the rest of the world, imports and all that stuff. Yeah. But there's a lot of opportunity 
um, to shop globally and um, really increase your success rate because of that. And and we literally will guide people step by step through that. Um, example being, I live in Canada. I do not, I very rarely shop in Canada. Um, this country <laughs> does not have enough supply and um, inventory to, to make it worth it. I shop in the US and I import and um, I'm, I'm fairly successful at it. And I think again, um, as we connect the community worldwide and give people more opportunity, they're gonna see the, the, the value around that. Mm. And, I, and like I said, I, I cannot stress enough the short time that I've been in the uh, with you guys um, in the app. Um, yeah. the, the support has been absolutely amazing. As I said, the, the AJKO, as soon as I joined, it was just literally days before the AJKO um, union drop was there. Soon as I joined, straight away, one of your team was there to give me uh, a one-on-one Zoom call to actually yeah, teach yeah. me how to use the app. They spoke yeah. me through um, all of the, the, the software that you guys used to help mm-hmm. buy. And as soon as we were talking, funnily enough, about the price of the AJKO low, and I was like, oh, it's a little bit cheaper than I thought. Maybe I'll be able to get it because it won't hit duties. And he was like, just drop me a message. If you want help, I'm not going for it, so I'll, I'll yeah. help you. And mm-hmm. it was amazing. This person that I just had a 15-minute conversation with had helped me understand this technology that I've never seen in my life and was offering to help get me a pair of limited shoes from halfway around the world uh, mm-hmm. the support you guys have is is absolutely but, um, amazing yeah and and what did you know it's, it's sad but good i guess it's sad in the regard that your reaction to that is of like amaze and delight that should be like standard how we as people on the internet <laughs> interact with other human beings yeah, it's not there is it not be delighted that someone wants to help you and be a nice person about it mm. but that's why it's sad like that's kind of where we're at sneakers has become you know doggy dog um looking out for only yourself it, again yeah. for, for me it was bringing that community together bringing people together um and just creating a, a really awesome place to enjoy shoes and um mm. I think we've succeeded in that. We've got a lot of work to do regardless, but we've built the foundation um, to Soul Savvy that that makes an impact, is important, and um, is valuable to people's lives. Yeah. And yeah. I, I mean, I have to second that, like what Matt said about being in the group, because I mean, like, I don't think I've, act- I mean, it was a lovely welcome from the people in there, but like you guys that were helping out, I don't think I've actually spoken to you about shoes yet. I think I've pretty much just been speaking to one of your admins about football the whole time. Like, there, <laughs> there, there's that. I, I noticed he had a Barcelona flag in his, uh, in his uh yeah name and uh, that was it as a united fan it had to go in but um yeah it's the fact that, 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 that's true we're all people we have different interests and yeah. like it doesn't mean the conversation stops it uh, we have a lot of sub conversations and i'm i mean again i'm excited you know we have a blueprint for how we want the uk community to look like online but i'm excited to branch it out and build it out based off the feedback that um, we get from our first members and that might be 20 people that might be 50 people that might be hundreds of people mm. but regardless of what that number starts at uh, I'm excited to build with them and, and build the community um, with our expertise, but um, hearing your feedback and, and your, you know, every country is different, personalities are different. So I'm, mm. I'm just, yeah, I'm excited, man. It's yeah. going to be fun. The, the UK well, is diverse, di- and certainly. So, uh, yeah. Different kettle of fish, different kettle oh, of fish. Well, very much. You, you, you managed to have a little look at that. You you hosted the first event um, a couple of weeks yeah. ago in London. Um, I, I know just before we kind of uh, let you go for today, um, how was that? How was your experience in London? I know you said before you had to get used to, to trainers rather than sneakers. Straight away, as someone from Canada dealing with the US yeah. and coming over to the UK, were there any sort of like stark differences that you were able to straight away see? Honestly, it was it was very similar, but super inspiring because, again, if, if I had to rate 
um, North America as it's just a, not a, our membership as a, as like an overall culture on a rating of one to 10 for um, how much community matters, not with just in shoes, like how considerate we are of others. Um, I would say UK is a step above. And again, I I just I just saw that in in little iter, little iter, uh, interactions, um, the friendliness of the staff at all the stores. I walked into maybe 20, 30 stores, and I'm like, "Hi, I'm, and my name's DP Soul Savvy," and the response was super over, over, um, overwhelmingly positive, right? And 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 friendly, and um, just hearing about you guys' pickup days, um, the, just the, the amount of community that was visible when at our event. Um, I was honestly surprised fifty people showed up. Um, like we had one bottle of rum and I'm like, this is not enough rum. <laughs> but it turned out no one came for the rum. No one came for the free rum or the free beer. They came because they wanted to just meet other sneaker people and, and hang out with them and have a reason to get together. Mm-hmm. And again, we have that here, but it was just, uh, it felt a little bit more special to me, mm-hmm. um, seeing it there firsthand. And, um, not that I was surprised, but I was definitely delighted. And, um, yeah. again, it, it, I left the trip super inspired as, as a founder. And, and I told my team, I'm very excited to bring community to to the country. And uh, I think it's going to be valuable to the people there. And um, we've got our work cut out for ourselves to prove that we matter and, and we should um, have people's hard-earned money and, and be a part of this. But I think in, in due time, we'll, we'll earn that and um, we'll build. Because ultimately, in my humble opinion, um, everything else sucks and no one else is trying to help. So um, you guys have like, that's one thing. You guys have way too many resale marketplaces yeah there's a lot of like one country you have way too many resale like like sizable marketplaces like Mm. collect obviously you've got goat and StockX um uh in there um i'm forgetting the other two i honestly think there's five Um, yeah there's a lot of like big resale places yeah lace yeah um Uh, there's another one that just um raised some money I, i i couldn't i can't remember their name um kick game yeah, yeah Kit Game's Game, a big store. Kit yeah, yeah. A, a big. That's. I mean, that's been obviously relatively new past couple of years. But their YouTube kind we of. Z- is, yeah. We have zero in Canada. <laughs> well, sorry. StockX StockX operates in Canada, so it's one. Goat does not, but you could say two. But we don't have like a true Canadian, like mm. resale marketplace, and you guys have five. Yeah, and that's and really everybody unfortunate. Everybody hates them. <laughs> well, that's. A, that's unfortunate for 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 collectors, enthusiasts, just casual sneaker fans, because that was the one thing that was really disappointing for me um, in Soho in London, was walking around there and t- talking to stores. One of the questions I always ask is, "Do you get a lot of resellers through here?" And they go, "Oh," and start grumbling, and they're like, "Yeah, we do." And I'm like, "Oh, why is it so bad?" And and I found that, and I found out it's because there's a freaking StockX pop up in Soho, yeah, yeah. and people are just doing loops. Yep. on their bikes and their apps and they're just buying shit off the shelves that they can sell and, and drop off right away that's so fucked up and unfair <laughs> i mean you, you, you probably don't have sports directs over there but like the sports direct bags are literally like they're almost like suitcases. they're like suitcases they're massive bright blue bags that can probably fit no, about 15 pairs in and you will see people walking around and when I've picked well, up before in London and they will come up to you and be like, what, what size have you got? What size have you got? Because they're trying to buy your pair to essentially just walk down the street to, uh, and t- I tell them I'm a size 11 and they go, oh, that doesn't matter and walk away, thankfully. But they, but that's, but that's where the technology comes into play, right? There is, this is why technology is part of the solution. There is people, um, 
that are taking advantage of other people who don't know where to look and mm-hmm. don't know how to find products. StockX at this point is a glorified search engine for sneakers and people are, are fueling that. You know what's better than that? It's firing up the Soul Savvy app, looking for it and just buying it directly from any any one of the stores yeah, yeah. in the country, right? People just don't know where to look. And oh, um, again, that's why- Especially uh, again, the younger overall, ones coming in, like, you know, we've, we've been doing this for a while. We kind of know what we're doing. But I mean, like one of the girls at work, her son came over to me and was like, I'm looking for this pair of shoes. Pa- basically, Panda Dunk with a red swoosh. And he was like, yeah, yeah I'm just going to buy them on StockX, £150. I literally just qu- very, very quick search, but I knew where I was looking. Here they are. They're set on this website in your size, 90 quid. Have yeah. But they, he, he wouldn't yeah. have known. And like I say, with the help of an app, so to speak, yeah, you can just go, okay, I'm looking for this. Bang. Sorted. There we are. Um, and save yeah, people honestly, money. I love our community. Um, I try to engage it as much as I can, but I tend to get distracted because uh, under two-year-old first-time father on my end, um, <laughs> we've got dozens of employees. It's it's my life has changed drastically since we started the business. I'm my sneaker purchasing habits are within our our drops app. I tell the freaking app what I want. It pops up. I buy it. If I don't. No stress on my part. I enter some raffles. It is really an, an asset to people. And obviously I'm I'm the founder of the company, uh, CEO, like I'm I'm selling this, but genuinely is part of the solution because everything else is part of the problem. I could have opened a consignment store with all the inventory that I have access to and can get access to. And I guess vacationed in the Bahamas regularly. <laughs> but I I want to help people and I wanna I wanna fix where we're at right now, mm. which is um, my biggest concern is by the end of this decade, um, all of us, I don't know how old you guys are. I never asked. You don't need to say it on the podcast. I don't want to give it up. <laughs> I'm 34. I'm 34. A little bit younger. A little bit younger. Yeah, I'm 34. <laughs> I am genuinely concerned by the time I'm 40 or 45, there will be no sneakerheads left. It'll just be resellers because everyone will be so frustrated and so demoralized by what has happened to the industry and so brainwashed by the concept of like a good sneaker is only one that resells that we just, we just it just it just goes away and it and it struggles and it go and it has a downturn and i don't want to see that happen because it's such a lively culture and there's so many amazing people and the idea of people quitting because they're so frustrated is like that's just ridiculous you shouldn't you should not be feeling like that but again everyone's just making it worse in my humble opinion and that is the end of my rant (laughs) (laughs) well i tell you what it's a very very important rant to have um we appreciate that you were saying that your life has changed a lot and you've got lots of busy people and and lots of people to chat to today so we don't want to keep you too much longer and the last thing i I just want uh, yeah the the last thing that i uh just want to ask is we've been kind of alluding to the fact that you're going to be coming over to the uk or soul savvy is going to be coming over to the uk is there any more information on that or is a little bit tbd at the minute no, uh, um, we are going to we're going to start on a waitlist basis. So we want to be very thoughtful around how we curate the community and and who we let in and and, and at what pace. Um, so right now, if you go to soulsavvy.com/uk, um, uh, one v so s o l e s a v y dot com slash uk, you'll find all the information. You'll find out our pricing. You put your email down. We'll contact you. We're kind of gearing up right now to um, open the doors and let people join the community or or download our apps, et cetera, et cetera. So if you're interested, um, yeah, go to soulsavvy.com slash UK. Uh, if you have a question for me, I'm um, at DP16 on Twitter, Instagram. I don't check Instagram as much, but um, drop me a line. I'm happy to chat and answer questions. 
Thank you. No, honestly, thank you, DP. Thank you very much for for jumping on with us today. It's been great chatting with you, and uh, yeah, hopefully there's a lot of excited sneakerheads listening to this already as we speak, typing in soulsavvy.com for and kind of following all those instructions. Please. Also, make sure that you follow Soul Savvy on uh, Instagram and all the socials as well. Even just going on the website, news updates on there and things like this. So there's there's lots to check out, even if you yeah, aren't a member currently. So no, honestly, DP, yeah. really appreciate it, mate. Thank you very much for joining us today no problem thank you for for having me guys it was a pleasure so uh first of all i'm going to say thank you again to dp for for joining us uh dp was he only had a limited amount of time today to jump on the podcast so scotty boy it's you and me uh carrying on for the rest of the episode um if anyone listening to this does want to know a little bit more about Soul Savvy uh, ahead of them coming over to the UK, make sure you check them out on social media. Make sure you go and check out the website. Honestly, uh, with the short time that I've been involved in the Discord group, they're absolutely amazing. And some of the monitors and things like this that they offer as membership is an absolute madness. So uh, definitely worth giving them uh, a little bit of attention, um, if, if anything. Uh, Scott. We're going to carry on with the rest of the episodes and move into our first main segment of the podcast, and that is Shoes Rounds. If you are new to the podcast and have no idea what we're about to talk about, first of all, welcome. Secondly, every single week, we spend a little bit of time looking back at some of the biggest news stories in the wonderful world of footwear and give our thoughts and opinions. This week, it is me taking Shoes Rounds, so without further ado, I'll pass over to me for Shoes Rounds. Right, Scotty boys. So um, we have a nice light-hearted news story this week. Uh, we don't have any uh, horrible scandals. We don't have any uh, lawsuits. Instead, we have, oh, a Suther- we have a Sotheby's sale. Hey, it's been a little while <laughs> since we've uh, spoken about some ridiculously expensive shoes on this podcast in amongst all of the lawsuits and, like you said, all of the fun, exciting stuff. Um, but we have a bloody big collection hitting the Sotheby's uh, site very soon. Uh, in fact, by the time this episode releases, uh, we'd already be able to see this via Sotheby's. Um the collection that I'm talking about, Scott, is being dubbed the Dynasty Collection, the complete set of Michael Jordan's Air Jordan 6 Championship sneakers. So no doubt about it, Michael Jordan as an athlete and as an icon has been influential in basketball and the sneaker world, right? Uh, he has six NBA championships in which he has had three, uh, two three-peats, which is uh, a incredibly rare thing to have in basketball, six final MVPs, five league MVPs, two Olympic gold medals. As an athlete, absolutely phenomenal. And like I said, Jordan Brands is alongside Nike, the biggest brand in, in in sneakers, really. And what we are seeing here are essentially six individual game-worn sneakers from each of the clinching games in which Michael Jordan won all six of his career NBA championships. So uh, if you go on the Sotheby website, if you don't know much about Michael Jordan's kind of NBA championship victories, you'll be able to see all of the different 
uh, kind of games and the years and things like this. But we start with 1991, uh, Chicago Bulls versus the LA Lakers. And the shoe that we have here is the Air Jordan 6 in the, um, is it the infrared colorway, Scott? Like the black and the pink? I'm really rubbish with Jordan colorway name so i might get a couple of these uh, all a little bit mex- uh, messed up but we have yeah game ward is individual sneakers so we don't have pairs uh, it's either going to be the left or the right shoe but yeah we've got the, the air jordan six to start things off um we've then got the air jordan seven um for the uh, 1992 chicago bulls win against the portland trailblazers uh we then have uh for 1993 uh, the Air Jordan 8 uh, that he kind of wore when they beat the Phoenix Suns. You've got the 11 from 1996 against the Seattle Supersonics. Uh, the 12 for 1997 against the Utah Jazz. And then finally, the 14 against the Utah Jazz in 1998. Now, there is one shoe missing from the collection, and that is the 13. But Jordan ultimately wore the 13 and 14 during the 1998 uh, playoffs and it was the uh, 14 that he wore in that final game against the Jazz. Uh, so as much as he would have worn a 13 leading up to the uh, kind of playoffs for the NBA finals, it was this shoe, the 14 that he wore during that game. Now, from the, funnily enough, Soul Savvy website, uh, nice little plug there for, for DP. He, he'll know when, when he listens back to this, he'll know. But uh, originally I saw this article on the Soul Savvy website when I was having a little peruse and uh, basically states on the Soul Savvy website that uh, unlike other big Sotheby sales, this is not an auction. This is just going to be a straight sale. But as of day of recording, a sale price has not been determined. That being said, according to Sotheby's, this is going to be the most valuable and significant collection of Air Jordan sneakers ever brought to the market. Incredibly impressive, incredibly impressive group of, of sneakers. Um, Scott, my question to you is, how much would you pay for a bunch of uh, 20 to 30 year old smelly game worn shoes? What, by Michael Jordan? Yeah. <laughs> Retail. Retail. Um, <laughs> no discount. You're only getting one shoe and they're yeah, worn. They're I'm, used. I, 8.5 the, out of 10 I, condition. I guess this is the problem, isn't it? Like, yeah, can you imagine these being sold? VNDS. Can you imagine the questions? I would love a Southers B sale to just have the DMs like a Depop account. Depop drama. Like, oh, can, can I have this for like a tenner, please? Um, uh, no, they're worth like £120. Oh, but my son would really love them. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> oh, what an image. I mean, I I don't know. I think, like, for this, for me, obviously I respect everything Michael Jordan's done, etc., etc., but I, I, I'm not of an age where I have a specific connection to Michael Jordan. Therefore, for yeah. me, this really means nothing. If you were turning around and saying, I don't know, I've got a pair of signed David Beckham football boots or like Ronaldo, Messi. Obviously, I'm spending money on that then. I mean, you can't see, but I do have a football back there that is actually signed by David Beckham and Roberto Carlos and all these kind of really incredibly famous people. And that to me means a lot. And, but again, I don't know, people, having people's signatures on stuff, like I think it's cool, but it's, it's never something, I know people collect them. You know, you always see, you know, all of these shops that literally just sell 
like signed records or like sports memorabilia etc but yeah for me it's it's never scratched any itch that i've had so i I wouldn't spend much i can see why people would want it but again i mean i'm probably a bit of a contrast to dp like dp has shoes that he he describes as art and he has them up there and stuff um for me like yeah if i'm not putting them on my feet and wearing them it's to me i get it for people that are big fans and grew up with it but yeah i dread to think how much these are actually going to go for as well because you know it's going to be absolutely insane ridiculous ridiculous and actually scott um from this sale because they are all individual shoes uh, i will give you the good news i don't know if this changes anything but you would actually be able to technically wear two shoes uh looking at the images from sotheby's uh the 7 8 11 12 and 14 are all the right foot the six is the left so you're wearing odd shoes <laughs> but you could wear the air jordan six Wait, with a this seven isn't even and pairs eight. of shoes this is just a single shoe. it's just single shoe yeah it's one shoe oh in that case i want half price i'm gonna get half the price <laughs> Yeah, no, it's only single shoes. I can imagine, I don't think Michael Jordan, if these are the actual shoes that Michael Jordan wore in all of these championship games, I can't imagine Michael Jordan being like, yeah, sure, here's the pairs. At least he's probably going to want to keep a pair, like a shoe from each of these as a little bit of a momentum. Mm. But uh, yeah, looking at the pictures, there is one left and five right shoes. So technically, you've got five different pairs of shoes out of this, mate, all worn by Michael Jordan. You can't put a price on that. Can't put a price on that. Well, well Sotheby's are. <laughs> so. <laughs> oh, dear. Well, and I'll tell you what, with that, that's the news. Right, Scotty boy. Uh, now we've got pictures of uh, Sotheby's answering Depop messages running through your brain. We will move into our second segment of the podcast, and that is Double Up, Double Down. Every single week, we spend a little bit of time looking forward at some upcoming releases. We pick a shoe that we like, a double up, a shoe that we dislike, a double down, and a sleeper pick, a shoe that we think is going to get a little bit lost amongst the hype. Scott, you are taking Double Up, Double Down this week. So without further ado, pass over to you for Double Up, Double Down. You went like proper like finger guns then, like yeah. passing over. You somebody's uh yeah getting excited. Well, I mean, I think a lot of people are getting excited with the double up pick for this week. Um, there was only really one shoe I could have put, and I think I would have probably been shanked in the street if I hadn't have put this, um, because it is the Air Jordan Three White Cement Reimagined, releasing on the eleventh of March. At a hundred and ninety of your finest English pounds. I mean, everybody at this point knows exactly what this shoe is. There's no point me really explaining it. Um, but yeah, the Air Jordan 3 White Cement, I mean, the last release we had was 2018. This is the Reimagined, which very much like the Lost of Founds, they've gone for the aged approach. Um, so yeah, they're saying that this is honouring the 35 years um, since the shoe released with age aesthetics um, to show their timeless appeal. Um, I mean, yeah, it's a white cement three with essentially sail hits where you've got kind of the, the back tab and the midsole. They are sail to give it that aged look. I mean, 
it's a damn good looking shoe to begin with and at the moment everybody's loving the aged thing um which I, I think i think it looks good on these i do think it looks very nice um nice touches i mean i know a lot of people are kind of wincing a little bit at 190 pounds for a jordan 3 but i mean when i got my black cement threes they were 170 pounds and you know that was a good few years ago now so a 20 pound price increase when you compare it to jordan ones and air max ones etc really isn't that bad um but yeah really good really good shoe beautiful shoe a lot of people will have this in contention for shoe of the year um at the end so yes there was only one choice this week i think yeah uh, it's a nice looking shoe um, the one thing I am happy about this is that they haven't gone for as much of an aged appeal as they did with the Lost and Found uh, yeah. we, we don't have all of the cracked leather and things like this uh, and I'm also very interested as to why this one has actually stuck with Reimagined because the Lost and Found were originally going to be called Reimagined and then all of a sudden it got changed to uh, Lost and Founds, and it seems that they have a very similar uh, kind of vibe to it. I know obviously the Jordan one, the whole idea is that it was an ode to the mum and pup stores and, and that's why it had lost and found. But this comes in an aged look. It's a classic Jordan model. It has an aged box from what I've seen online. So it has everything apart from the story of being lost in a mum and pop shop. Uh, so it's interesting why this one gets reimagined and the other one gets lost and found. But I mean, I can't bash the shoe. It is out of the. It's an iconic Jordan Three colorway. Will I want it? And will I wear it? Absolutely not. I'm probably one of the only people in the world that don't want this shoe. But uh, I can completely appreciate why a love a lover of Jordan would want this shoe, and totally understand why for the majority of the people this is potentially shoe of the year. Yeah, I mean, maybe the guy just couldn't be bothered to put a story together for these. Because that, that is they literally run, it. Do you reckon they, run out of, they ran out of uh, sales stickers to put on the boxes and that's why they didn't They, yeah, they didn't give it the story? Maybe. They're like, uh, we've had mom and pop shops. What else can we do to make it sound vintage? <laughs> yeah. And clearly that, that was their one and only idea um, because, yes, this is very much down the same route. But, um, yeah, I, the thing I like the story with the Lost and Farms, it added a nice little spin to it. These are literally, here it is. Um, and you get a little bit of an aged box as well. Um, I mean, great. But I will say, Nike are up in their game with their boxes this year. There's some very nice boxes about with their Jordans and Air Max to come. So very good. Um, but moving on to the double down for the week. And oh, I'm, again, this is one that I could probably be a bit chastised for. But... Um, my double down for this week is the most expensive shoe potentially to release from Nike this year, and that is the Nike Air Force One times Tiffany. Oh, this shoe. Um, this shoe has been rumoured for a very, very long time. Um, we have seen images upon images upon images upon images. And um, yeah, they are finally, finally releasing. They are coming in at £350. Um, some places have even got them a little bit more expensive than that. But there we are. Um, there's been unofficial collaborations and like inklings towards these. We think of Diamond Dunks, etc, etc. 
Um, funnily enough, I was wearing mine today, actually. Um, but this is essentially a high-quality black slash dark brown. It is black, isn't it? It is black. It's different shots. Different shots kind of make it's it all, look very... It's all black. Your colour blindness is... is kick is sending you yeah. off on a tangent here it's all black but basically it's it's an all black um suede air force one with a tiffany blue swoosh and the pistol resistance of this it has a tiffany silver little kind of block on the back of the shoe which is supposedly why this warrants the 350 pound price tag now this shoe obviously is releasing on the 7th of march however it also comes with some nice little tidbits if you want to buy them, each sold separately, mind you, um, in the form of a shoehorn, a Nike suede brush, and the third one is... What is the third? Brush? Shoehorn? There is a third one. What's the third? I'm losing my mind. You're having a funny five minutes, mate. I know it was the toothbrush, and I know it was the shoehorn, but I I don't know what the third one is. There is there was definitely a third one. Well, well, while you find way. while you find what the third thing is, I'll uh, give my little two cents. Yeah, you do a little bit of googling. I'll give my two cents on the shoe. Um, I'm not going to go into too much detail. It does seem to be that people either love this or they hate it. Uh, I think this is a poorly executed shoe. I think that if uh, Nike and Tiffany are going to have an official collaboration, why is Diamond not involved? This is we bash Scott the idea of triple collabs and sometimes we say it's too many chefs in the kitchen uh, this is a situation where how on earth have you not got a triple collab how do we not actually have a Nike times Tiffany times Diamond SB Dunk Low uh, or even if you stuck with an Air Force still get Diamond involved because uh, this particular shoe has such a nod to the culture but take completely taking away what actually got it there do you know what i mean it's like you've ditched what got you to the dance um i don't like it i think the shoe looks boring and uh yeah i think for the price tag you don't mind spending uh i mean it's very similar obviously to the sb dunk lows if you really think about it but the sb dunk lows weren't 300 quid or 400 quid or whatever they are uh i I just think that it's I, i don't like them um, but again, seems to be that you're either in the camp of you love them or you hate them. Some people will absolutely love them and, and really want them. And some people like us, Scott, are going to happily put it as the double down for the week. So, yeah, I don't I don't blame you. It's the whistle. That's why I the whistle. about it because it's got absolutely nothing to do with shoes. Yep, there is a Tiffany Silver whistle, all of which, and this is genuinely a quote from Tiffany, are not to be used. Oh, amazing byproducts that you can't even use yeah um this is my double down one because of the ridiculous price tag and two because i think it's actually it's just a boring ass shoe isn't it yeah like it's very dull they diamond supply have made better odes to tiffany that obviously we have the original tiffany dunks but even the second lot that they did the second release where you had the white with the swoosh, the black with the swoosh. I mean, I were, literally wore the black pair today, and if I take the silver, it's got the Tiffany blue swoosh underneath. It's so incredibly similar to this, but the detail is so much greater in terms of the materials and everything used. I think this is really poor. I think people prefer the other ones. I think even if there wasn't the history, I think 
if you released the other ones just and said this is kind of Tiffany inspired, people would still prefer it. This is it feels lazy. It's damn expensive, um, and the only people are gonna that are gonna be buying these are literally the people that are just walking around to flex on you. Essentially, there's I. It's just yeah. For me, this is not a um, not a good shoe and a hundred percent not worth the money. Um, but that moves on to the sleeper pick for the week, and it's not often that I pick an Air Force as a sleeper. But this week we have the Air Force One times ambush. In the Phantom colorway releasing on the 9th of March at £170. So again, another collaboration between um, Nike and Ambush. Taking the classic silhouette and just kind of almost turned the volume up on it. Turned it up to 11. Um, so we have an incredibly premium looking leathers on this. And then we have the kind of the oversized swoosh um, that kind of comes off the back of the shoe a bit. It's almost like the Flash with his helmet, where he's kind of got his little bits that kind of poke out the back. Um, maybe if you wear these, you'll run really fast. I don't know. But um, I think the previous ones, they had the bright blue and they had like the vault green ones. They were a bit much. I think the colorway with the kind of extended swoosh was a bit near. These, I've been I mean, actually looking at them top down. And I know when we look at our shoes top down, we really only see the front. But looking, it kind of looks like Batman, actually, from uh, these top-down images. But I I like the, the kind of white slash sail. I think the leathers look really good. I think it's just different enough to stand out, but also not kind of vastly, wildly different that people are going to go, what the fuck are those? So, um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm a fan of these. These are, these are nice. I still think 170 quid for a pair of Air Force Ones is a bit of a stretch, but... Every pair of shoes we've spoken about today has probably been too expensive. So, <laughs> yeah, no, you can say that again. You can say that again. Yeah, I quite like these as well. Um, I, I, I haven't actually liked many ambush shoes prior to this. Uh, I definitely didn't. I mean, I kind of liked some of the colorways with the dunk highs that they did. I quite like the dunk highs, yeah. Yeah, but again, it's only some of the colorways. And I think that's the thing is these designs are on classic shoes. They're a little, like you said there, Scott, they're different enough to stand out. And in the right colorway, they look really, really nice. Uh, I'm not exactly the biggest fan of the blue i did actually quite like the green don't really like the black i do like the white so we're on a kind of 50 percent hit ratio now but uh yeah overall nice nice looking shoe as you said i think the best thing the the best way you described it there was it's different enough to stand out but it's still you could wear this and not stand out if you didn't want to it's, it's enough for people to double check and go hang on a minute are they air force ones or not but not enough where it's gonna completely ruin an outfit so yeah I'm, I, I quite like these way out of my price range and yeah definitely don't think they're worth that but <laughs> i mean i'm not gonna lie at this rate every pair of shoes gonna be out yeah. your price range because they are only going up <laughs> yeah sad sad times sad times but uh, do you have a seal of the week? So we're talking about shoes that might be in my uh, price range, but unfortunately not in my foot range. Uh, the steal of the week, I thought I'd go with one for the ladies this week, Scott. Or not necessarily the ladies, Ooh. but the, the small footers. Matt the ladies, man, hey? We don't want that rumour starting, mate. We do not want that rumour <laughs> starting. I know Hannah doesn't listen to this podcast, but just in case she's in the next room, we do not want that rumour. Um... <laughs> 
<laughs> the the shoe in question this week for our steal of the week is the Air Jordan 2 in the Chicago colorway, uh, but in the women's sizing. Uh, so the Air Jordan 2 hasn't necessarily taken off in popularity, but the Chicago colorway is bloody beautiful. It is uh, an iconic shoe. Uh, Air Jordan 2 fans have said how amazing this shoe has been put together and how close it is to the original and you can currently get it on Foot Patrol between the sizes of 3 and 7.5 for £110 so for the small footers that is a massive size range but uh, £110 the the shoe retailed at £180 which compared to other Jordan 2's was fairly reasonably priced anyways but the fact that it's £110 and you could probably end up getting some sort of student or emergency services discount to knock that down to closer to 100 so uh, overall i think for what it is it's 100 percent. it's a steal of the week no 100 percent. i mean that shoe the fact it's hitting the sales is um kind of mad enough really um but yeah that price i must admit yeah the uh the smaller footers amongst us, um, in particular, like I say, the women's sizing, there's some very, very nice steals out there um, for women's shoes at the moment. Um, and a good chunk less than the bigger size, like the men's sizing as well. There are some pairs at Air Maxes and stuff that are good, like 40 quid cheaper. Um, so, yeah, if you are of the smaller foot variety, jump on them because there is some fantastic pairs about for very, very cheap. Well, Scott, that moves us on to our final segment of the week, and that is... Oh, I don't like this bit. <laughs> do you want me to skip past it? Do you want me to skip past it this week? No, no, no. No, no, no. no? I, I, I'm, on, I'm on my redemption arc. All I've right, got to, okay. I've got to go. Okay. Got to do it. Well, I tell you what, let me re- try and reintroduce the segment, seeing as you just decided to mess it up halfway through. Thanks, pal. Uh, I'm going to make this round even harder for you now. But uh, we are, we, we're going to move on to the Doubled Up podcast, Triple Up. Right, so, seeing as Scott's already told us that he doesn't like this segment, it's uh, we're a few weeks into it now, Scott. You should probably get used to it by now. For anyone that is new and has no idea what we're about to do, I'm about to present Scott with three shoes. And alongside those three shoes, I'm going to give him a question or a challenge. I'm then going to give him 30 seconds to uh, essentially think about his answer and then present to me with an answer. Uh, Scott, correct me if I'm wrong, because I forget every single week, is it... Two and four or two and three? Two and four. Just wanted to double check, mate. Just wanted to double check. Well let's just, let's bring it up rub, to th- rub it in, rub it in. Let's bring it up to three and four, mate. Let's bring it up to three and four. Like I said, the redemption comeback is here. I feel as if this one could potentially be manageable. And seeing as we had uh, DP on the podcast, who is a proud Canadian, the, the best country in the world, uh, I thought I would do a a Canadian inspired round this week so the three shoes in question scott i thought you weren't even going to give me shoes i thought it was going to be like what brands of maple syrup are the most expensive (laughs) list them in order (laughs) i should have done that actually well we are going we are going with the capsule times new balance 580 canadian tuxedo so that is the all the all denim new balance 580 the right. Nike Air Max One Canada the Six, the black and white with the uh, the leaf on the tongue, and yeah. the 
Nike Montreal Bagel Dunk Low, the special oh. box. Your question, right. Scott, is... I think you probably know where this is going. Put these shoes in order of last sold price on StockX in a UK9. Your 30 seconds starts now. Um, I would say that the Montreal Bagel is bottom because I feel like the hype was there. But surely... StockX is a global site. They're still sat on our websites here. So I'm putting Montreal Bagel bottom. I'll put the 580 in the middle. Then I'll put the other one at the top. You've got six seconds left. Are you you happy with that answer? Yes. Well, there we go. Time's up. Well, I'll tell you what, Scott. I'm going to put you out of your misery and tell you you're three and four. Congratulations, my friends. There hey, we go. He ha- hey, We have hey. a winner. You are absolutely right. The bottom pair is the Nike Montreal Bagel. Even yeah. with the special box, last sold was £155. Bearing in mind, they retail over here with the normal box for about £110. So there we go. Like, on a, for a special box for only 40 quid more, that is absolutely ridiculous. I was going to say, to people that queued up in that snowstorm. Yeah, yeah sorry. hey. Uh, the second pair is the Capsule Times New Balance 580 Canadian Tuxedo for mm-hmm. £227 last sold price. And then finally, way above at the top, the Nike Air Max 1, the 6, £461. So we have a big difference between top and bottom but no well done scott you are three and four let's hope that next week you can make it four and four and we can start having a little bit of a comeback fingers crossed fingers crossed i mean yeah i must admit you're bringing up 580s i don't need tempting with that shoe at the moment (laughs) i'll tell you what there's a lot of 580s appearing that i'm like as soon as as you put it in our group chat listeners scott put it in our group chat this morning that he wanted to buy a pie buy a pair of 580s i instantly went back onto the slam jam website from a couple of weeks ago sent a picture to hannah and went can i buy these and she went nah oh okay cool so uh we'll, we'll wait a little while I'll, I'll drop a couple of extra hints and maybe we'll get a pair still time, still yeah there's still time there's still time so you you almost influenced me scott uh well on that uh i think it's probably a good time for me to close out the episode and say thank you for listening to the doubled up podcast remember if you like this episode leave us a five-star rating and review and share the podcast with your friends and family make sure you follow at doubled up podcast on instagram use hashtag doubled up pod to be featured on the instagram page we want to also take this time to say thank you again to dp for coming on the episode and again make sure that you go and uh, check out soul savvy on social media and on their website you can find me matt at matt underscore sibley underscore on instagram Scott, tell the listeners where they can find you. You can find me at underscore sneaker teacher. Speak to you next time, guys. Goodbye.